It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up, everybody? It's Lux of Royal Deluxe, and although we really do our best to love these Royals, let's admit it, we're all just kind of holding out for football season to finally start so we can get back to seeing some winning sports in KC again, you know? And you could actually see it for yourself in person because the Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to any Week 1 NFL game of your choice with a value up to $5,000. And yes, any week one NFL game of your choice. So if you don't like the Chiefs, don't want to go see the Chiefs, don't live near the Chiefs, all right, fine, go see the Ravens, go see the Broncos, we don't care. We're just giving away tickets to bring you to games. For a chance to win, all you have to do is go to contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. That's all you have to do to be registered to win four free tickets to any week one NFL game of your choice. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com, and we hope to see you at the game on opening week. Contest ends on September 4th. Everyone else listening, this is the Royal Deluxe Podcast. I am fixing my nail clippers that fell to the ground and dismantled. Damn it. That ain't right. Well, well, that's the, you know, the kind of episode you're in for today. A whole lot of nothing. Damn it, it fell off again. Anyway, uh, Royal Deluxe Podcast. Every Monday and Friday, it's part of the Fans First Sports Network. This actually has nothing to do with the fact that I'm uh, posting this pretty late. I, I That's actually, I owe, you, I owe you an apology for that. I'm sorry. That's not intentional. Okay. Big big life changes happening. I've kind of said in the past that doing these Monday episodes can be taxing sometimes. and I And I got out of that for a bit. You know what? It's a long story. Don't worry about it. Things are going to be fine moving forward. So we'll, we'll, There should be no more delays with the Monday episodes moving forward. Or the Friday episodes, for that matter. Um, barring some bizarre circumstances. But then again, when our bizarre circumstances not dictating my life. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we're also part of the Fans for Sports Network. That's my cat, Macy. She uh, wants to say hello, I guess. Hi, Macy. What's up? Uh, 
Fans for Sports Network. Check out that website for the giveaway. And also, um, at some point, hopefully in the offseason, I'm going to uh, be doing some written work. I have I have lots of ideas for things I want to write. And ideally, they'll go on that website. If not, they'll go on other websites. I don't know. I will post them somewhere. I will make my opinions not necessarily heard um, because you don't listen to articles. Well, I guess you can. You can have like an e-reader on your screen or something. Um, an e-reader on your screen. It's called a screen reader. I live in the 2000s where I'm thinking of, like, Nintendo technology, the e-reader. I can go on a tangent about that. What? God, what am I even talking about today? Nothing happened to the Royals. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Go go home. Go listen, to, go listen to a good podcast. Royals got swept by the Seattle Mariners this past weekend, which, you know what, may as well have been expected. When I did my preview, I was telling you, the Mariners are a really good team. Um, maybe y'all should have listened to my episode back in the beginning of the season when I did my MLB predictions. I predicted the Mariners going to the World Series. No one listened to that episode, so no one knows this, but I had the Mariners winning the World Series this season. No freaking cap, bro. So seeing them win their last like 17 of 20 or something, I'm like, here we go. They they took they took a minute, had me scared for a second, but it's happening. It's time. They're gonna do it. They're gonna win the World Series this season. Things are everything is clicking into the place this for everything is clicking into place to this team. I think the three starters we saw in this series all had whips like just above one. I think all three of them were the top ten for active whip in this season. Active whip in this season. I'm, I'm my brain is so fried that I cannot even form a coherent, like, real sentence. I, I There's nothing. There's nothing here. There's no, <laughs> nothing going on. And, and of course, the sweep comes after losing two of three to the Oakland Athletics. What a, what a, great, what a great week for Royals baseball, honestly. <laughs> In fact, you know what? I didn't even really watch a whole lot. I didn't watch. I actually did not have much of an opportunity to watch the... Um, first two games in Seattle because they're West Coast games and this is where working at night is a rare disadvantage for me like usually I'm able to make every single game I could watch a- any game because I I'm never working I'm not like you peasants who sometimes get stuck at work until like 8 p.m. or so or you work during the day but then it's a rare Thursday day game and you just miss that I'm like nope I don't have that issue whatsoever but then you get the the West Coast games that start at nine ten, and then I go into work at 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 ten p.m. and it's like, screw you, West Coast. God, that sucks. So I didn't even watch the first two games, which is a good thing because I I'm I'm glad I didn't watch Saturday's game. Um, <laughs> Royals lost fifteen to two. So there goes our streak, our my, my my precious streak that I was really holding on to and, and clutching with this death grip in my hands of how the Royals had not lost a game by more than two runs for like two weeks. There it goes. How unfortunate. Our run differential for the past month has been destroyed in one game. And and of course, of course, Jordan Lyles pitched this game. You know, Jordan Lyles is such a f- <laughs> freaking funny guy. I always say this, and I say this with love. You never know what you're going to get with this guy on any given day. He could go a, he could go the complete full eight innings on the road and only give up three or four runs, or he could do something like that. He, like, actually, you know, I could say he could do that, but even that's not very predictable. It's only the second time this season where he he pitched fewer than four innings in a start. And even then, he only had one in one start where he threw four innings. Every other start this season, he has gone at least five innings. So, you know, say what you will about him. He has eaten those innings. Yeah, he, he he's done that for the most part. But, man, he got demolished on Saturday, which uh, it's, it's whatever. It does make me really wonder like what are the Royals gonna do with Jordan Miles? This is a, a very, very interesting dilemma that I could see going anyway. I could see the Royals going into twenty twenty four with Jordan Lyles on the roster, 
I could see them just saying, screw it. He's making eight and a half million. No matter what, we might as well try him. I could see him, you know, still making some starts. I could also see him being stashed in the bullpen. Um, maybe I, I could also see him, the Royals just saying, you know what? Screw this. This is bad. And we're not going to put up with this anymore. We actually give a damn about whether or not players are playing well. So if you're not playing well, get the heck out of here. Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. And then you just cut him completely before spring training even starts. I could see that happening. If, if, if they do that, then I hope it's because they signed multiple good starting pitchers next season. That would be pretty cool. But, I don't know. We I, I've been surprised in lots of different ways. And for what it's worth, I've been surprised in good ways this season with how quickly the Royals have cut their bad players. Like, I didn't expect... Hunter Dozier to be cut in, like, May or so, whenever that was. They cut Framiel Reyes really quickly, which I didn't expect either. It's like, they've done that. They they have shown that they do care when things are bad, and they're like, all right, it ain't getting any better with this guy. <laughs> Let's just move on. Move on, find another guy. They, they did that with, uh, what was his freaking name? I already forgot his name. The guy who almost threw a perfect game <laughs> out of nowhere. Mike Myers. What a, what, a, what a memorable occasion that was. So I could I could see them cutting Jordan Lyles this offseason. It's possible, but I just don't know if they do. It's still a decent amount of money. You know, for the Royals, $8.5 is still a lot. And you also consider the fact that they're already paying Hunter Dozier $9 million for next season. So it's like, I don't know, just, just knowing that you've got like 17 almost $20 million of dead money on your payroll instantly within that within one season it's just like oh it's it's a headache it really is a headache so i have no idea what the royals are going to do with jordan Lyles. i'm honestly i honestly have no strong feelings about it i don't i really don't think jordan Lyles is a six and a half era pitcher but he has been i mean numbers speak for themselves even the FIP, like the FIP was one thing I was holding on to i was thinking like oh he's got like a five and a half FIP, which is i mean sure certainly not good but the fact that it was like a full run better than his actual ERA, it's like it gave me something to cling to. Maybe his expected ERA is something different still. But now it's 5.81, which is just, just freaking garbage no matter how you slice it. Like, like, like there's, there are no longer – okay, so his, his expected ERA is 5.27. See, that's the thing. Like, I really don't want to believe that Jordan Lyles is legitimately this bad. But at the same time, like, how long am I going to keep saying that? And how long do we want to believe in that? And more importantly, if he's not that bad, then still what are you getting out of him? I mean, uh, his expected ERA is 5.27. Yeah, that's almost a run and a half better than what it actually is. It's still terrible. That would still be actually not the worst on the on the seas. I was, I was going to say worst on the team. Zach Greinke actually has a 5.34. Wow. What a sad, sad, sad state of affairs. Um, I it it's just I don't know. The Royals really could go anywhere with this. I could see them going in any direction. I have no strong feelings about it. It's just, it's really going to depend on what they do in the off season in general. If they and and I really think they can do this. If they sign multiple starting pitchers. And I don't just I don't just mean like a few reclamation projects like I'll get at one guy that I'm actually really, really curious about. I really want to see what this would be like. But um Luis Severino, I want to sign that guy in the offseason. I really want to I, I really think that guy needs to get the hell out of Yankee Stadium, work with some new coaches. I think that there's still something there that the Royals can draw out of him. Kinda like the day with the role as Chapman. So if they sign him, you know, that's like that's one. And if they sign two more guys, like a Ryan Yarbrough type of guy, just someone that you wouldn't really expect anything from. No no one exciting, basically. Like they sign three starting pitchers, but all of them are just like, eh, shoulder shrug. They might not even finish the season with the team. You know, then that's going to be same old, same old, because that's basically what they did this season. If they do that, then I'm 
sure that the world's going to keep Jordan Miles. They're just going to say, screw it, whatever. Not not worth the effort just completely wasting this money. We might as well just at least try it. But um, if the Royals actually get a legit SP, let me say it again, legit starting pitcher this season, like a like a 10 to 20 million dollar starting pitcher, I I genuinely want to believe they can get one. I I I really believe they can overpay on just some starting pitcher. Like I I I I've, I've said, I'm kind of I kind of don't want to say this because I want to save this for like some written stuff I want to do later on. But I've already made it known on this podcast that I really want to get Aaron Nola on this team. I really want to get Aaron Nola to pitch in Kauffman Stadium regularly because I feel like that's a match made in heaven right there. I feel like only good things can happen from that. All right. So if they can get him or, or any any equivalent of him, although that's kind of hard to come by, this is a this is a really weird free agent class. So I I have that that's another thing. I have no idea how free agency is going to work for the Royals. I don't know. I have no idea how they're going to approach it. I have no idea how any team is going to approach it because it's it's Shohei Otani and then I guess Matt Chapman if you really need him and then like I don't know basically some okay guys. Guys who had down years this season, so I, I, the, the market's going to be bizarre. But still, I want to believe the Royals can, you know, maybe slightly overpay on on someone, get a starting pitcher at like fifteen million a year or so, and and say like, hey, we are trying, we are going to try in twenty twenty four. We don't care how many games we lost in twenty twenty three. We are going to actually try making the playoffs in 2024, as unlikely as that sounds. And you know what? That's, it's probably not going to happen. Um, it would be really cool if that would happen, but obviously they would be more like, we're going to try being a 500 team, which I, I actually think that the Royals can be. I really do. They are 41-91 and 91 right now. They are 50 games below 500, which in and of itself is an incredible accomplishment. If they play 500 ball for the entire rest of the season, they will finish with 51 and 51 wins and 111 losses, which would clear the worst record in franchise history by five games. But it's not all doom and gloom, and I've said this many times. I, I, I really made this like a hard point earlier this season. I kind of want the Royals this season. I want to believe my my ultimate copium for this season the reason why i don't get so upset about what's going on this season is because i think that the royals this season the 2023 Kansas City Royals are or could be the 2021 Arizona Diamondbacks that's who i think that we could be right now the 2021 Arizona Diamondbacks went 52 and 110 they were horrible they were a, a laughing stock they were garbage but they had some guys on their roster. They had Cattell Marte on their roster. They had Christian Walker, who are still incredible players right now. They had Zach Gallen on that roster. So they, they had talent. Now, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a different circumstance because the D-backs still had some super young talent that hadn't even come to the majors yet. Like, they didn't have Corbin Carroll on the roster at all in 2021. Meanwhile, the Royals are losing 110 games with Bob DeWitt Jr. and MJ Melendez. All of this promised young talent. Doesn't look like there's anybody coming up anytime soon to, you know, fortify that. But still, I, I really liken the Royals to the Diamondbacks because they're very similar in how, they, in how they've operated over the last several years at the very least. Um, like Phoenix, Arizona is like, like the market size could hardly be further um, apart from Kansas City, Missouri. But for whatever reason, the Diamondbacks operate like a small market team. They're like, you know, a hundred fifty million dollar payroll to them is like, ooh, big bucks. If we don't win the World Series, our investors are going to be pissed. And they have made. Since 2015, just like the Royals, this franchise has made colossal mistakes. They have made absolute disastrous moves. They traded freaking Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller. All right. 
that like like immediately after drafting Danby Swanson, who was the number one pick that year. It was it was terrible. They trade Zach Greinke and get some high end prospects. I don't think any of them panned out though, and um, immediately use the money that they shed to sign Madison Bumgarner, which every armchair analyst was like, "That's a really bad move. That's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that." And they did, and it was a really bad idea. <laughs> All right, and and kind of like the Royals, they've been on this. You know, they try having their cake and eating it too, where like, they're like, okay, we're going to rebuild, but also not really. Like, we're going to kind of pretend we're rebuilding, but actually we think we're contending and they just kind of go halfway and they don't really do much of anything. And it's just kind of like, it's just kind of a mess, kind of a disappointment. All they had to show for themselves since 2015 is I think they won a wild card game one season the one time they even made the playoffs and then got swept out of the the DS. That's about it. So, I mean, the Diamondbacks right now are definitely better than the Royals. I think that they had like a two-year head start on us, and we're two, and we're like following the same timeline. We're two years behind them. We're the 2021 Diamondbacks. I want that. I want that to happen. I I want to believe that because now you look at the D-backs, they're good. They're in. They're in playoff contention. Hooray! Not definitively, not anymore. They had a. When I first brought this up earlier in the season, they were definitively in first place, and then they had just like an awful, awful summer in general. Like June and July, they just died. But they're they're coming back. They're still in the, they're still in it. They're in the wild card race. So let's go snacks. But I want to believe that the Royals, even if they lose a hundred ten games this season. They can they can pull themselves out of it in a couple of years. I think that what they have on the roster right now, like there's stuff to work with. There really is talent here, and it's why I keep saying, "Hey, look, we've only been losing by a couple of runs each game. These games can turn around with just a little more experience to these guys. The worst parts of this team are the the most expendable parts of the team. Yeah, Jordan Lyles sucks. Who cares? Forget about him. Don't worry. He's not a high draft pick." He's not even a guy we spent a whole lot of money on. Eight and a half million dollars is not a lot of money. Again, the Royals might want you to believe that, but it really isn't. And even if it was, it's only going to be for the end of next season anyway. It's like, who cares? Whatever. Sure, the bullpen sucks ass right now. Carlos Hernandez has been pretty disappointing. Okay, whatever. You can build a bullpen out of thin air. It's it, it's, it's whatever. All right, we, dra- we, we pulled John McMillan out of double A, and he's awesome. <laughs> He's he's fantastic. He had the home run in his first outing, and he hasn't given up a run since. Granted, he's only made a few more outings since then. But d- despite that one home run, he's been freaking disgusting. Dude, he's already he struck out eight batters in four innings. And that one home run he gave up is the only hit he's given up. It's the only... He hasn't even given up a base runner. He has not walked anybody. He's not given up any hits outside of that home run. He is, he is literally perfect outside of the home run, all right? And we got this guy out of double-A ball. That That's how easy it could be to build a bullpen, theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, okay, not every pitcher in your system is going to be John McMillan, but I'm just saying, you can find relievers generally out of nowhere sometimes. They just kind of appear in your system randomly. Dylan Coleman was that for a second. Dylan Coleman came from nowhere. He was a player to be named later. In the what was it? I think it was a Trevor Rosenthal trade. He was, he was a he was a nothing prospect, and then he just came out and he's just like, "Hey, I, by the way, I throw a hundred one now." It's like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> Some of the starters we're work on, we're working on, you know, they they could end up being bullpen arms. I keep saying this, Alec Marsh. I really think is going to be just a dominant late inning reliever. I get it; it'd be more valuable if he was a starter. I, I'm still not sure. Like, I, I do, I, I mean, again, I, I said that I made that I made this a point last time. I made this a point on the last episode. I believe in his stuff. He has major league stuff. That's not the problem. I just don't know if he's able to throw consistently enough over a full season. It's, it's, it's fine that he's still starting. I'm not saying get Marsh out of the rotation right now. No, keep him in the rotation for the rest of the season. I, I don't care if he's losing games. I don't care how many runs he's bleeding. 
you know, he's as long as it's not Jackson Kowar levels, you know, where he's we're trotting him out there and he's got a 12 ERA after 30 innings. It's like, okay, this is this is abusive. This is not helping anybody. This is this is this is damaging for both the player and also the the fans. I feel bad just having to watch this, but he he's not at that point. It's fine. I'm I'm also just kind of looking at some of his pitches and thinking, can we can we just get it over with? I feel like I already know how this ends. It ends with him pitching the eighth inning after only after appearing for the first time in the eighth inning and just sitting three guys down in a row with a strikeout and just just being freaking awesome. And then John McMillan comes in and closes the game. And that, and that that's a nice, happy ending. That's a nice, happy back of the bullpen right there. But then, of course, there's that elephant of the room where, well, who's starting the games. <laughs> I don't know. Sign more. Sign starting pitchers. See, like, like loosely connecting all this together. I, I, I see a way that this team can be just so much better moving forward. Like, it's why I'm so kind of a what's the word like apathetic i guess towards all the losing and the record in general is like whatever who cares about it the season was lost in april anyway like really it was like may specifically like once we got once we got to 17 and 38 <laughs> the season ended it's like okay uh great job everybody we shouldn't have gotten here in the first place so uh <laughs> I think we I think we might have lost the plot at some point. So uh, nothing matters beyond this point. You know, kind of little well, not things do matter, but the wins and losses don't matter beyond that point and sure enough, yeah, they 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 really didn't because it never got any better. It only got worse, but what does it what does it matter if it gets worse? I almost see it as like, you know what, if you're not going to make the playoffs, you might as well lose 110 games. Just just don't waste anybody's time. I don't know. Does that make sense? What have I been talking about for the last 20 minutes? Who am I? Let's talk about something positive, actually. Here's something really cool. You want you, you, you ready for, um you know, the craziest and awesomest stat of all time? Nelson Velasquez has hit five home runs for the Royals this season. He's played in 14 games, and he has hit five home runs. That is a home run rate of 11.6%. In 2001, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in 153 games, 664 plate appearances. That is a home run rate of 11%. So, Nelson Velasquez is officially better than Barry Bonds. Don't argue with me, because you will lose this argument. The numbers speak for themselves. Nelson Velasquez is him. He is the greatest player ever. The only thing, though, uh, one favor, one point in favor of Barry Bonds is that um, his walk rate is a lot better. His career walk rate is 20.3%, which is pretty high in and of itself. That twenty, that 2001 season that I mentioned, he uh, walked 26.7% of the time. Now, for the record, just by the way, if you struck out 26.7% of the time, you that, that would be striking out a lot. That would be striking out a pretty unhealthy amount. But instead, that's his walk rate, not his strikeout rate. I promise I'm looking at the right column. Nelson Velasquez's walk rate is a little bit worse. It, it hasn't been, you know, Barry Bonds level since coming to the Royals. It's actually been at a... Uh, zero uh, percent so hopefully that's something that can be improved upon a little bit i mean let's not get carried away or anything it's 14 games 43 at bat super small sample size okay so let's not blow anything out of proportion or anything let's not list off some crazy stats that have happened in this extremely small sample size i'm just you know letting it be known that nelson velasquez is the best player ever based on this extremely conclusive evidence that I have that he just absolutely crushes the ball. So, um, the roster, you know, as this season has been winding down, I've been kind of like constructing the 2024 roster in my head. And I think most of the position players are actually 
like like good. Like like we're we're good on position players for the most part. Next season, I if the Royals, I, like I don't know if the Royals even need to go out and sign like a big free agent. Like they need to make a big splash signing. It definitely doesn't need to happen in the infield because the infield's fine. The infield's good. We've got Salvi and or Fermin catching, then Vinny at first base, Michael Massey at second, Bobby at short, Michael Garcia at third base. It's all good. We don't need anybody there. The outfield is a little bit complicated, and I think it depends on how much you enjoy Kyle Isbell. I am really not decided on Kyle Isbell. Like I, I don't want to say I'm out on him, but I also don't want to say that I'm in either. Maybe I'll pencil him in as a backup. But I do know that in that starting lineup, I'm putting Drew Waters in there in the outfield. I think he's earned it. And I think Nelson Velasquez has earned it as well. I'm going to put him in my starting lineup for 2024. I think, I, I re- unless he really dramatically drops off, like if he has a super piss poor September, then yeah, maybe we'd have to pump the brakes on him. But I've really liked what he's shown so far. Although, uh, back to Kyle Isbell, he's actually second on the team in baseball reference war. He's second on the Royals in war with uh, two po- with 1.6. Seems a little bit high. Really values his defense. And, you know, that's fair. He is a very good defensive player, but I don't know if he's necessarily a regular player. You know, like Gerard Dyson would have three war seasons, but also he wouldn't exactly be a regular player, you know? He'd be more of a late-game, defensive backup, platoon kind of guy, uh, base-stealing speedster kind of guy. If you go on fan graphs, Kyle Isbell is faring way worse. He's below Dylan Blanco, Drew Waters, Freddie Fermin, Michael Garcia, of course, Bobby Wood Jr., and then pitchers, Brady Singer, Cole Reagans, Aroldis Chapman, Carlos Hernandez, Ryan Yarbrough. Even Ryan Yarbrough has more Kyle, more more war than Kyle Isbell on Fangraphs, so less favorable than him. But still, it, it it's interesting. I I really just have no idea if I if I really buy into Kyle Kyle Isbell as a regular. You know, like it, it it's tough to say if it's like 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 whatever he's doing is is real or not. Like he he has been hitting better. I know I know Royals Farm specifically has been you know, gassing up how great he's been. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I will always listen to the Royals Farm because I think they're fantastic. But let's see. I don't remember when specifically they had this cutoff. I had, since the All-Star break, he has an 85 weighted runs created plus, 274 average, 287 on base. So how many walks is that? Like two? Um, Kind of need that to be a little bit better. Let's go with uh, uh July 31st to right now. A 75 weighted runs created plus. What are they seeing in Kyle Isbell? You know, you know, I'm not sure I get it. I'm not sure I'm seeing the vision with him. I I don't know. Okay, since July 28th specifically, it went up to 103. So something happened between July 28th and July 31st that <laughs> completely saved his season, I suppose. Um, but I I, I just don't know. It's tough to give up on him, but it's also tough to buy into him. And, and and that's unfortunate because that was supposed to be one of the big like questions to be answered this season. I specifically said that going into this season, we need to have definitive yes or no answers on whatever we had questions on. Like, can Bobby Witt, pl- can Bobby Witt Jr. play shortstop at a major league level, at a competent level? You know, it has to be, a, we had to end this season with a definitive Yes or no. No more like, eh, let's try again next season and see what happens. Like, no, we need to know what exactly we have. That's the point of an, eva- an evaluation year. If we if we really want to take it seriously that this is an evaluation year, we're going to see just how good or just how bad everybody is. So can Bobby Witt Jr. play shortstop? Yes, absolutely. He can play shortstop. Don't take him off of shortstop. He's good there. Case closed. Thank you. But one of the other questions I had is, is is Kyle Isbell a, a regular Major League player? Is he good enough? Like, can he even hit to like a 90 weighted runs created plus and, you know, just pro- provide good enough value defense? 
defensively to be a regular or something like that. Because, you know, he's a great center fielder, so he can afford to have a below-average bat. If he, can, if he has a 90-weighted 90, 90 runs created plus, that's fine. But that was supposed to be a definitive yes or no answer. And he's had some injuries. He's had some inconsistencies. He has shown that he can do it at times, but it was really supposed to be more definitive than this. We still have a month to play and and then some, so it's not it's not over yet. But I do wish I knew a little bit more uh, or felt a little bit more strongly one way or the other. It's just a little bit odd. Odd, and it's an odd season. Um, but <laughs> that's just how... Uh, you know, what? what is a normal Royals season, honestly? What is a normal Royals season at this point? I feel like at this point, 2019 was a normal Royals season, even though we didn't have Salvi and someone hit 48 home runs. Normal behavior. That's right, I didn't even declare that we were going to ad break. I just felt like dropping that on you, haha. Uh, sorry for the trouble. I'm I'm just feeling a little bit silly today. You know what? I'm I'm just in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood. I got I got the whole week off of work. In fact, I'm also changing my work a little bit. It's I'm I'm just feeling good. I'm I'm happy. So <laughs> I feel like messing around a little bit. Hence this episode, which is <laughs> kind of garbage. Actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but look. Listen, what do you expect? This team is 41 and 91. It sucks, okay? <laughs> I, I can only act so professionally about this. At some point, I just have to just just get on and, and be like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to BS anybody today. I'm just going to screw around and be myself, which is this. I'm going to be a goblin today. <laughs> so, um, as our normal format would generally go after we finish the ad break, we go into the series preview against our upcoming opponent, which is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ah, I wish I liked the Pirates more than I do. I, I really want to like the Pirates. They're just, you know, unfortunately the victims of a terrible, terrible owner. They've had many failed rebuilds. They're, they're, they're quite literally the, the Royals but in the National League, except unlike the Royals, they didn't actually have postseason success. Like, like they got to the postseason. They, they, around the same time as the Royals breaking their 30-year drought, the Pirates also had a 20-year drought where they didn't have a single winning season, and then they made it to the postseason for the first time in, like, in, in multiple decades, and then they, I think they won a wildcard game one time, and then... Immediate, and then lost in the in the DS after that, and then the next two seasons they got back to it, but lost the wild card game both times. They won ninety eight games one time, and then placed third in the National League Central, and then uh got obliterated by Jake Arrieta. Another time they got twenty fourteen, they made the wild card game and lost to none other than Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> so they really are just the 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 Royals of the National League. How unfortunate. And they've, uh, you know, tried to be just like the Royals since 2015, where they're going to they're gonna say they're competitive, but also they're technically rebuilding, but they're not going to admit that they're rebuilding. They're, uh, they're interesting. I- an interesting team with a beautiful ballpark as well. Oh, man. PNC Park. Like, it, let me say, I've been to PNC Park. I went to PNC Park last year. It lives up to the hype. You think it looks good on TV? Go to it. It's awesome. It actually really does look that good. If only it had a good team on the field, though. And not only not only are the Pirates, you know, the, just the National League Royals, but the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates are the 2021 Kansas City Royals. Like, this is how alike we are. They are the exact same team as the 2021 Kansas City Royals. They came out the gate amazing. They were the best team in baseball in April. They well, okay, that's actually not true. The best team in baseball was the Rays because they went thirteen to zero. Um, but I just got a I just got a Discord notification about my friend who's like getting harassed online. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Normal behavior today. Anyway, 
they, they were the best team in the National League. Let's put it that way. They were the best team in one of their leagues. They started 20 and 8 or something. And everyone's like, wow, look at the Pirates. They've got this young team. They spent a little bit of money in the offseason. Like, let's freaking go, Pirates. How about this? The, the, the National League Central is really weak. The, the, the Central in general, the Central is a really weak division this season. You know, the, They've really got a chance, and they're gonna they're gonna go for it. And then May just pfft, they die instantly. They just fall off. They kind of regain their balance a little bit, but then they just die harder in like June and July. And then it's just they just start crawling the entire rest of the way. So now they're fifty eight and seventy three. They're fifteen games under five hundred, despite starting twelve games over five hundred. <laughs> Literally, just the same exact thing, exact thing as the 2021 Kansas City Royals. Also, they have Carlos Santana. <laughs> Not anymore, but they did have him at the beginning of the season. They did what the 2021 Royals were too scared to do, which is trade him mid-season. But also, they had a renaissance. They got they got Kutch back. They signed Kutch in the offseason, and everyone was super happy. It's like, oh my god. They brought back Andrew McCutcheon. They brought back the franchise legend. You know, just like how in 2015, or rather 2021, the Royals were like, hey, we're going to bring back Gerard Dyson and Greg Holland and Wade Davis. And whoa, the whole, wow, so many 2015 Royals back together. What a fun little reunion. And then, yeah, and then they're going to finish the season like 74 and 88. And it's, it's going to be like, wow, um, that was a weird season. <laughs> I like I I love the Pirates, or at least I want to. I also have one of my best friends is a Pirates fan, big diehard Pirates fan, big diehard Pittsburgh guy. Love that guy. So uh, for his behalf, I really want the Pirates to be good. Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. The Royals are going to um, play a three-game series at home against the Pirates. Unfortunately, we're not going to be playing in PNC Park. So my little rant about that was a uh, kind of irrelevant. Thing is, there um, aren't even probable pitchers for this series, at least on the Pirates. And the only one that they've got is for today, Monday, which they, is going to be Johan Oviedo. Johan Oviedo. I was actually, okay, I was actually pretty close to that. That's how it's pronounced. 4.46 ERA, 145.1 innings pitched. Um, that is a 101 ERA+. plus. Like you, like you see, four point four six ERA. You probably don't think that's a league average pitcher, but no, it is. That is actually one percent better than the league average pitcher, as a matter of fact. Um, okay, he leads the National League and hit hits by pitches. Hits by pitches? Is that hit hit by pitches? I don't know. And also losses. He's seven and thirteen, which is seeming a little bit unfair. Um, and he's just, he's just kind of like a guy, he's, he's, he's a pretty mid-pitcher in general, doesn't seem to do a whole lot of interesting stuff, he's got a four-seam, he's got a slider, what's his velocity on this, he's, he's got a four-seam at 96, slider at 88, he, he's got a curveball, and a sinker, and a changeup, normal pitch mix right there, nothing grades out as extraordinary, he's got a mid-ERA, his expected ERA is almost exactly where his actual ERA is, 4.51. His FIP is also 4.41. He walks a few guys too many, which is the one maybe, you know, big blemish on him. Doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but also not not a ton or not a, not a few. 8 per, 8 per 9, so okay. Just a, like the most okay pitcher you've ever seen in your entire life. That's who Johan Oviedo is. But you know what? Sometimes that's all a team needs. Sometimes a team just dreams of having a rotation of Johan Oviedo. Just, just five guys in the rotation who go five to six innings and have a 100 ERA plus the full season. Isn't, isn't, isn't that what we all strive for? It's surprisingly hard to come by pitchers of this caliber. So if I was wearing a hat, I would tip it in his honor. To Johan Oviedo, the most mid-pitcher in the entire world. And then the Royals are going to send out 82-year-old Zach Greinke. 5.34 ERA <laughs> in 23 games, 22 starts. Yeah, he made a relief appearance for the first time in 15 years a few days ago. How exciting. 
Um, he's one in twelve. Woo. Maybe uh maybe someday he'll get another win. I don't know. Um, he's forty strikeouts away from three thousand. Could he get it? Probably not. Still though, something to watch there. Um, I guess it'll be interesting to see how far he can actually go into games because last time around he only threw like sixty pitches or so, fifty three specifically. So, wondering what his pitch limit is going to be at this point. We'll just have to see for ourselves later on today. And like I said, no probable pitchers for the Pirates for the rest of this series. I have no idea who, who who's even in their rotation. I have no idea who like pitches for the the Pirates except for Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's pretty good. He last started on the 25th, so we actually probably will see him on Wednesday. So, yeah, based on the rotation, we should expect to see him on Wednesday. So let me talk about him. I wanted to say he's been quietly solid, although he actually made an all-star appearance. I want to believe that his ERA was a lot better. He's got 4.01 ERA in 163.2 innings pitched so far this season, so he's throwing a healthy amount of innings, so good for him. I I really wanted to believe that his ERA was way better though. Yeah, it was down. It was in the low threes for like the first half of the season. Since the All Star break, he's got an ERA of five point seven nine. Hmm. You know, he's not quite on the you know Jason Vargas level of extremity between the first half and second half. Twenty seventeen Jason Vargas, of course, but that is worth noting. But his last start was against the Cubs, pretty good team right there, and it was eight scoreless innings. So. Let's not underestimate him. In fact, his last three starts, you know, okay, so I was kind of crapping on him for having a bad second half ERA, but actually his last three starts combined, 20 innings, um, three yard runs, that's a 1.35 ERA, 25 strikeouts to five walks. Oof. Ooh, he's actually on a tear right now. So, okay, what I just said about his, his post-All-Star break ERA, ignore that. Ignore that, okay? Don't, don't, don't worry about that. This is a, this is a good pitcher right here. Uh, he's got he's got a fastball, cutter, slider, curve, and changeup. All that kind of above average velocity as well. They grade out pretty solidly. So, yeah, great pitcher right here. That's probably who we're going to see on Wednesday. Who who are we going to see on Tuesday? You know what? I don't know. And I'm just going to say this. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know be confident. I'm gonna flex a little bit. It doesn't matter who the Pirates are going to send out because you know the Royals are going to send out. They're going to bring out Cole. Freaking Reagans. They're gonna sick the dog at them. Yeah. Cole Reagans. He's got he's the dog. He's got that dog in him. Alright? Cole Reagans is my freaking guy. I am a super I am just so stoked to watch him pitch. Like this is must watch television on, on Tuesday night. 2.8 ERA, 34.2 innings pitch for the Royals so far. 47 strikeouts and only 10 walks. Like, he is just, he's doing it all. He is doing everything. Cole Reagans is a freaking dog. And I'm just super excited to watch him go against a pretty mediocre team, to be honest. No offense. I mean, hey, hey you know, any team can beat a good pitcher, all right? Any, it happens. It can happen to anybody. So, not saying the Pirates can't hit the crap out of Cole Reagans. But still, I'm just excited for watch Cole Reagans. Look, it's the only thing I have to look forward to at this point in the season. Bobby Wood Jr. has cooled down. No one else is doing anything all that crazy except for this, you know, Nelson Velasquez guy who's literally just Barry Bonds. But if nothing else, I know I believe in the Cole Reagan supremacy. On Wednesday, though, the Royals have no probable pitchers, so not really going to get into that. And uh, I guess that's it, really. I think that's about it. I'll briefly shout out one other thing I'm doing. I'm doing a power rankings on the general baseball subreddit. The way this works is that the the general r slash baseball has a weekly power rankings, which are compiled by 30 different people, one for each team. Now, the Royals had a guy. He's gone for the season, probably couldn't stand following this team anymore and just gave up, so he's on leave and so I'm filling in so now I get to represent the Royals in this and I you know now each week I'm gonna look at each team see how everyone's doing and then rank them accordingly so real quick my power rankings for all MLB teams this season and I'll post um let me just get into this okay number one Braves number two Dodgers number three Orioles fourth place Rays fifth 
I'm going with Mariners fifth. I really believe in their surge. Sixth, Phillies. Seventh, Brewers. Eighth, Astros. Ninth, Rangers. Tenth, Diamondbacks. Eleventh, Cubs. No idea how this one's going to go. They're playing the Brewers. That's going to be a... They're going to play the Brewers, and then they're going to play the Reds. The Watch the NL Central for the next few days. It's going to be really interesting. Number 12, Blue Jays. Number 13, Red Sox. Number 14, Twins. Number 15, Reds. Number 16, Giants. Number 17, Marlins. Number 18, Padres. Number 19, Angels. Number 20, Nationals. Number 21, Guardians. Second place in the National League Central, American League Central. Number 22, Mets. Number 23, <laughs> Yankees. Number 24, Tigers. 25th, Pirates. 26th, Cardinals. 27th, White Sox. 28th, Rockies. Actually, no, I swapped them last second. I swapped the Rockies and White Sox. So the Rockies are better than the White Sox. On the basis of um on the basis that no one has been shot at a Rockies game in the last week. So they got a little bump this this week. And then 29th, Athletics. 30th. Royals. Yeah, the Royals have a better record and a much better future outlook, but look, they they lost to the Athletics 2 to 4 on the season series. I I have to put them here, at least for now, temporarily. I ha- I'll have I have some small comments about each of these. Um so I will post the little spreadsheet that I'm that I'm keeping track of all of this week by week on. Uh th- and this will continue throughout the rest of the season at the very least. I who who knows. I I, I might not be doing this next season, so I don't know, but I'll post this at the MFNKC on Twitter. That's my personal Twitter. That's where you can find me. And, but you know what? If you don't care about that at all, whatever. At Royal Deluxe Pod, that's another Twitter that has less nonsensical baseball stuff that you can follow. That's me. That's who I am. That's what I got. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Royal Deluxe Podcast. If you enjoyed it for whatever reason, if you enjoyed this absolutely insane, unhinged rambling about whatever, then consider following, considering, consider liking and subscribing to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Consider leaving a review would help a whole lot. And further inquiries can be sent to royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. But you know what? If you decide, uh, you know what, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. No, thanks. I'm, I'm good. Then you know what? More power to you. No hard feelings. I love you all the same. Thank you very much for making the Royal Deluxe Podcast a part of your day. I hope you're having a good one. I hope you have a good week. Uh, I'll see you on Friday. Until then, I've been Lux, and go Royals! Move up in the power rank. Royals. I think we can catch the Royals. We can even catch the White Sox. We can, we can beat the White Sox. You know why? Because uh, as bad as this season has been, No one has been shot at a Royals game this season. So, you know, small victories.